LinkedIn, YouTube, it's Wednesday. Grab your sandwiches. We're going to go from one architecture practice to another. Now, I know you're sitting at your office and you want to be transported, but bear with me. We've got awesome projects coming up and we're going to learn about another practice, their culture and what it's like to work there. All will be revealed in 18 seconds. I know, I know. It can't wait, but the countdown's coming. What can we do? All right, 10 seconds, everyone. Five. Oop, five now. Four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday, Wednesday 01. Spin off that CPD. You don't want to learn any more about aluminium and glass frames and all that stuff. We want to learn about architecture practices out there in the London well, in the wide world in the UK. And I've been fortunate to know this awesome practice for probably going on for the five years. So let's all take a moment, take a bite of that sandwich, and we'll learn about Colorado Collins. So I am here joined today by awesome free guests here. So we've got over here Carlotta and Colorado Collins. So let's get a little virtual round of applause there. We've got Carl Arthur over here. We've got Dominic Haley, which I've also known for many years down here. And we've got Angus Clark, who's actually just finished his part three, I hear. So well done. I haven't got many gray hairs. Must have done very well. How is everyone today? Yeah, very good, thank you. Still stunned by your amazing intro, Stephen. Oh, wait, this is how we do it. Well, well, we have. There's only one way down from here, so don't worry about it. <laughs> well, how Thank about you. we go around the room for a second, and then everyone can introduce themselves. So, Carlotta, maybe I'm going to start with you over here. If you oh, could sure. just tell us who you are and what you're about. Yeah, of course. Hi, I'm Carlotta, and I'm working at Colorado Collins as an associate. I was recently joined, what, two, three years ago. Um, as a new graduate of my part three and have slowly just gained more experience with them. Awesome. And then should we move down to Yeah, Dominic? we can we can move down. <laughs> I have Here a ball. Hi, I'm Dominic. I've been with Colorado Collins for five and a half years, I think now. Um and also slowly worked my way up from starting as a project architect to now being on the management team. Um which is a new challenge. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Agus. Uh, I joined uh, Clara Collins about just over three years ago now um, as a part two architectural assistant um, with the aim to start my part three education as soon as possible. Then obviously the pandemic hit. So I actually mm. did my part three through the pandemic. Um, so all working from home, all online uh, lectures um, and graduated in October um, 2021 and have been an architect uh, practicing at Colada Collins since. Amazing. Fantastic. All right. So we've got a few different levels here, which is really useful. So I've known you guys for four and a half years. So I kind of know inside the practice, but I'm sure there's a few people in our audience here which are not as familiar with Colada Collins. So perhaps maybe. Dominic, if you could just do the honours first to kind of give a little bit 
of an insight in Carter Collins. And maybe what I'll do is I'll bring up the website alongside so people can have a look at him. Yeah, sure. We're um, a practice of about 35 people, which is small in business terms, but, you know, a medium-sized architectural practice, I guess. Our primary focus is on residential work, uh, and that is across all the kind of varied sectors of residential from market for sale through affordable and social housing, built to rent, bit of co-living. And then one thing we uh, major on is um, housing for older people as well, which is a real string to our bow. Uh, the business has been going for about 16, 17 years now, I believe, started by Roy Collado wow. um, all that time ago. And he is just now at the point where he is transferring the business over to an employee-owned trust. So as of the 14th oh, wow. April... Um, everybody you see on the screen and all the other 32 members of staff become the joint owners of the business. So uh, no pressure, guys, but we've got to make it work somehow. Brilliant. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, I used to be work when I was studying architecture, I worked in John Lewis, and that's okay. an employee-owned business. And it was brilliant because you you had the, they had their own magazine, so that's a good one for you. Maybe you can do a Collado Collins magazine. And wow. there you know. So a little tip. Sorry, Waitrose, don't. <laughs> don't get me in trouble for giving away secrets but it was brilliant because as well you can get some benefits and they they, they had they looked after the staff and there was a bonus at the end of it so employee-owned business is very very interesting so that's in the pipeline coming up but then do you want to tell us a little bit about maybe how you've been coping during the pandemic then because i remember dominic you had the series where you had on youtube talking about how you overcome this massive shock and you were actually the last client that I met just before the pandemic. Right. It was all yeah. down to our meeting. We created some, some <laughs> virus between us, right? Um, gosh, that seems like a long time ago, Stephen, doesn't it? It was two years ago, almost to the week, maybe two years ago and one week ago. Pretty much. Um, that it all kicked off. Um, what a couple of years it's been. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is there to say about it? It was a big step at the time. Um, but fortunately, it, it all happened at a moment when we had the technology to enable this sort of home working. I, I remember yeah. fairly clearly we all decided, I think we'd, we'd, we'd been talking about it in the office, and on a Tuesday afternoon, we said, right, everyone go home and test out this thing called Microsoft Teams on your computer and see <laughs> if that works, and then test out this virtual connection to see if you can log into your office PC from your home computer. Uh, and if all of that seems to be running smoothly, then um, don't come back. And right. that was pretty much, you know, what was that? That was the, the 22nd, 23rd of March, 2020. I, I forget actually how to name the years now. I still think that was in 2019. Right. It seems so long ago. And since then, we've been, we were full-time at home for a long time. When things looked like they were easing last summer, we started to ease back into the office on a split shift basis. So we had a red team and a blue team. So half the office could be working from home and half would go into the office, um, which just meant in terms of infection control, if if someone coughed in the office, we didn't all fall over. Um, And that was running off and on till, um, well, it's running off and on till the end of this month. Um, with a little break over Christmas when Omicron came along and, and decided uh-huh. it was going to shake things up a little bit. So it's been a long, long journey, but we've just at the point now where we are returning to the office on a flexible basis 
of of trying to get people in around three days a week um, with the ability to be flexible for other things. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I think I mean that's the kind of the theme this year, isn't it? It's about retaining flexibility, but and also I think we all kind of want that social aspect as well. And everyone has a different set of needs and a different set of circumstances. But it's very good that you survived that. And you're right. I think Microsoft Teams actually got used because before that, who used Microsoft Teams? You know, but now it's it it, it is one of the most used software. I'm, I'm really pleased that um, you kind of come out of it and you've done really well. And it sounds like then, Dominic, you're pretty busy because when I was working with you on recruitment, it was, and we did a podcast together talking about, you know, elderly living, you know, retirement communities and kind of debunking that um, idea of terracotta, you know, tiles uh, with um, Doreen in the corner, bored on a chair. And actually, you know, that it's like these solo house worlds and five stars and this luxury place that I can't wait to play World of Warcraft in my gaming gear. So have you, tell us about the kind of projects that you've been working on. And I can see there's, there's a lot of projects on the website as well, but maybe you can walk us through what's been busy then. Yeah. I mean, I think like everyone in our industry, there was, a period of uncertainty. Yes. You know, in the first six to eight months of, of the pandemic, certainly. And, you know, we had to put a number of people on the furlough scheme, um, which was yeah. you know, a difficult choice to make. Uh, and yeah. we had to look kind of long and hard at who was doing what and who was keeping busy. Um, and unfortunately, we had a couple of redundancies that we had to make. But in right. general, we kept as many of the team on as we possibly could. And then I guess from almost sort of September, October, which would have been six, seven months into the pandemic, I think a lot of the industry just got bored and said, screw it, let's go back, let's go back and do something. And, and from then it really started picking up. So a lot, of the, a lot of the projects that are on the website either predate the pandemic or have right. come to fruition through the pandemic where, for example, there, there's um, one which is, I sent you some images, there's a scheme in Berkhamstead, and I'm not on the ball enough to have that image ready and put it on the scheme. Oh, on the screen. But that was entirely designed in collaboration through Microsoft Teams because right. we had an outline scheme and we took it through the planning journey in the first six months of the pandemic. That is about to start on site now. Um, and the beauty of it is that our project architect lives and works in Spain. Right. And, um it's it's just the same as living and working where I am, if you like. Well, I think I think I've worked out a way on the fly oh. now where I can get these images out. So, which what oh, was great. the name of the project, Dom? That, that you were instead. So right. Let's bring out this one. Yeah, let's bring it up now. So we here we go. There I've got can. there in a roundabout way. So you did Absolutely. this was this was all on teams that you kind of overcome this yeah. obstacle. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, so we very quickly, and, it, and it's thanks to the younger people who are remaining politely silent while the old fogey talks at the moment. But, <laughs> but they kind of really grasped the technology, and it was all about kind of taking screen snips and scribbling over them with it. You know, because normally we'd sit around the table with a few bits of tracing paper and a few plans, we'd sketch out ideas and kind of yell at each other uh, politely, of course. Um, but this was all done by little screenshots and chats and, you know, messages pigging back and forth, which to me was an entirely new way of working. Um, but I quite enjoyed it, I have to admit. And, and yes, what's come out of it is, is quite an interesting building where we could kind of put a lot of thought into it and, and discuss it. 
um, in, in a completely different way. So, yeah, as I say, since then, it's gone through technical design, detailed design, and the contractor is, well, there's a big hole in the ground now where this courtyard will one day be, um, and the building will be coming up in the next sort of 18, 24 months. Very exciting well, to kind of have it happen. Amazing. Well, maybe one day, hopefully, I'll be in there. Dom, you need to get me that intro. You know, I need this is this is definitely the solar house of places to live in the future. Absolutely. I mean, Carlotta will speak to you in a minute. She's been working on another. So this is a seniors housing project. She's been working on another seniors project in Seven Oaks, um, a Grade Two listed mansion, um, oh. which has been refurbished. And there is a grand opening of that coming up, which we've got invites to. So perhaps you could be my plus one. Bro, well, there you go. It's great. I tell you what, though, if it's a fancy thing, all them suits that I wore, Dominic, when I came to see the office, they're rather tight at the moment. So I'll get, I'll get on the peloton first, but I would love to take you up on that. And so, all right. Well, thank you for sharing that, Dom. Carlotta, you mentioned yes. Seven Oaks. So I've got, I've, I'm kind of working it out as I go here, but I'm kind of dragging yes. the images and we're getting there. <laughs> Is, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to then? Yes, of course. The, so I think, you know, Dominic, who's now gone extremely blurry, um, <laughs> is kind of <laughs> the um, the kind of forefront of our later living kind of development. And I think you've also got the book images and our books. So we've got quite a lot of work in this sector. And this yes. one here, this project, um, was actually my first time working directly with Dominic, is you know, if you're ever going to get your foot in the door for to live in one of these later living developments, it's this yeah. one. It's absolutely stunning. So it's a heritage grade two listed building in Seven Oaks, so close to right. London. And you can just see there just the kind of grounds and facilities and where it stands. Yeah, it, it's amazing. just incredible. And then actually just off the screen here, we're also doing a phase three, which has got okay. a, so it's like off to the right if you're facing the screen, um, mm. it's um, which will then be focused around this grand main house. Um, and it was actually previously refurbished. There was a school for the blind um, and then it was um. refurbished into apartments. But we, the client that we work with just, you know, really wants to provide a really high quality end product. So we're just revisiting all the apartments to get them to that standard. And it was it was really fun and working really closely with an interior designer on that as well. Oh, um, look at this image, huh? This is yeah. is this the interiors we're talking about? It's amazing. Exa isn't exactly. It? So that's the kind of grand hall entrance heritage entrance area where we've got to the left we're doing a big bar um that's going to be put in hopefully for the opening wow. um yeah and then that that stairwell basically takes you to your apartments that's like the um, titanic stairwell isn't it it's massive yeah, it's, it's brilliant huge. it's huge i um, love it we got i'm kind of and you tell me if i'm bringing up the right or the wrong pictures but i've got um i've got a before and after shot here so this is kind of Blue, blue Peter style, right? So this is before. Exactly. So it's just, it's yeah. So that's what we've been working on. Is you can kind of see that it was redesigned to be an apartment, but Ooh. yeah, it kind of doesn't give you that final, more luxurious feel. Yeah, we've gone up a few pegs now, haven't we? You know. Exactly. Exactly. And in it, and that's great when you've got clients that that's what they want to achieve, and that's their product, and you're really kind of working towards. A final product that you're all very happy with. Nice. Who's this little chap then? That's the client. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's turning away, so we we don't need to blur out the client's face. Just blur it out. Just blur it out. Wow. Um, yes. That's Very cool. That you can see kind of this period features we were working with. So it was very interesting as well because a lot of the initial design and concept design would then you'd have to have significant amount of problem solving on site because it's all listed in heritage. So anytime you touch anything, you go into, you know, heritage yes. listed building application. And so, oh, well, yeah, it's been fun. Well, well done you. I'll give you a round of applause. Dominic and Carla, that's seriously impressive. Now, it's probably a nice helper reminder. We got Tatiana said, hi, good day. But if there's anyone in the audience which actually wants to ask Carlotta Collins a question, as long as it's not a naughty question, we can pretty much bring it up on stage and you have full reign to ask. Uh, so please do take advantage of that moment as um, Carlotta Collins have kindly taken time out of their day. So feel free to ask them anything. That's what we're all about. But I tell you what, Angus, I'm really tempted. Please tell me, as a part two, which could in theory do my part three one day, I would love to know a little bit about more the journey of doing your part three. And if there's a project that you want me to show, we can, I can bring it up or anything. But first of all, and a quick question would be, what was it like at first thinking, right, I want to do my part three and we have the pandemic? What was that emotion rollercoaster like? Um, well, to be honest, I actually, oh God, when did the pandemic really kick in? So I think I'd already enrolled into the university before it actually properly kicked off um, with COVID. So, um, and by the time the project actually, um, by the time I actually started my lectures, um, we were already working from home by that point um, in September time. So, um, but I think, I think just being a part two architectural assistant, once you've done your masters and you're working in industry, I think it's a pretty certain thing, um, yeah. or it's a much more, yeah, it's a pretty certain thing that people will go and do their part threes eventually, or essentially attain that architectural status. Um, uh, so yeah, it was always in my sights to do that. And whether or not the pandemic was happening or not, if the university was still functioning, I would have wanted to do it there, whether or not. Yeah we would be working from home. So yeah, I mean, sitting on my bed, listening to the law lectures in the first semester was a interesting after a really long day at work sort of thing. And then doing a two hour lecture on uh, tort law and things like that. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was really tough because you were almost educating yourselves and in, um, in some ways, but thankfully I knew a few people who had gone through it um, as well as people who uh, were going through it at the time who I'd been to university with um, before in my previous qualifications. And uh, we were talking about that and venting to each other and helping each other through it. So, Good. yeah, it sort of, we had a lot of support around us. And obviously I could fall back on the guys at the practice as well. So I was in constant conversation with Alex, who was my mentor during the part three. But um, obviously I had people like Carlotta and Don to chat to, you know, it, quite yeah, great. approachable um in your practice and so they should be you know it's, it's kind of they that's the reason why they're your colleagues and why you work there so yeah um but i really use those resources um and i remember boring a lot of people with uh, uh questions constantly about my it, uh, it has to it has to be done right and everyone <laughs> everyone goes through their part free become an architect so it's kind of what you have to do but really good 
to hear that you had the support around you. We had a quick message popped in from Alex Johnson, who actually, I think, I Alex, um, me and Alex met through the Architecture Social, and I'm glad that Alex is doing well in the office. And um, if if anyone in the office says, why are you on YouTube? You are not looking at some random stuff. You are watching your practice on, on, on the live stream. So for Alex, keep watching. I'm sure it'll be okay. And glad to hear you're well, and we'll have to have a catch up and you'll have to let me know all the changes of what you think in the, on the architecture social, but that is the power of online, isn't it? That we all, we all met online and, and here we are doing a live stream. So look, we'll bring it back. Angus, well done on doing your part three. Was there a particular project that you, you've been working on lately that you wanted to talk about? Cause I've got all the images here. Is there anything you want me to show on the screen? Or um, we can well, yes. Yeah, so Kalani Collins uh, historically had been a commercial, uh, mainly focused on commercial residential. Um, and actually, we had a public, we were venturing into the public sector with some of our projects at the time. And I actually yeah. dropped onto our maiden education project, uh, which is a public sector project. We work closely with Oxfordshire um, County Council. Um, it's called Hamburg okay. School, um, a very small little. Yeah, Hanborough Manor School. I think you've got a few images, but if not, yeah, what Hanborough? Right, I'm on yeah, it. I'm on. I'm on it, gang. Here we go. So, got a nice yeah. little sketch coming here. Let's bring it up on the screen. It's like, oh, it's just me. Sorry. Uh, there we go. <laughs> got there. Yeah. Um, so, with with Hanborough Manor School, we had an extremely small budget, um, which is kind of the norm when it comes to small um, adaptations to state schools. So, this is a uh, primary uh, state school based sort of out in Oxfordshire countryside, lovely place called Hambra, a long mm. Hambra actually. Um, and yeah, basically we were to build and provide um, uh, further facilities so the school could then expand uh, with uh, to react to sort of its um, expanding population of Long Hambra. Um, so more children coming in because more people are moving out of the city. It's within, you know, an hour and 10 minutes from London. I think it's at an hour and 10 minutes from Birmingham as well. So it's kind of right. positioned. Um, so we were working with uh, the council and a contractor client um, with this. And we had, like I said, had a very tight budget. So although we're not, you know, we weren't producing the incredible sculptures that, you know, um, some people are blessed to do because they have bottomless pockets. Um, we produced something that was incredibly functional um, and something that was very durable and in in time with the local context, basically, um, yeah. with sort of the colour of brick um, and adding some sort of modern um, interventions with sitting on a sort of dark brick plinth. So you very see cool. it's very clean lines. It's very simple shape, but the idea is the circulation through it is, is very simple, but so straightforward. And it's perfect for the teachers to negotiate and manage the crazy children that will be in there, you know, running around um, and having a good time. And, you know, we went to um, one of the, we went to the opening. Um, I represented the practice going to the opening and I had, I, yeah, I, I'd just about finished all my part three work. So I'd handed that all in and to go and be able to represent the practice doing this um, and actually sort of, you know, uh, speaking to the teachers and then being very grateful that of this building and how it functions. So, oh, yeah, you see me on the climbing frame. Look all happy and smiley, oh, isn't it? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but it, we saw it in, 
in people using it, the end user actually using it and enjoying it and the kids loving, you know, being taught in that facility. So that kind of told me that we were successful in what we produced. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really nice thing and very sort of, uh, yeah, it's, uh, what was the word? Well, it's just, yeah, it was very nice to see that people Yeah, were, um, rewarding. And yeah, it's nice, that's... isn't it? Because in my school... It was some. It was falling down. So it's probably there's a tip off for you guys. If you look in Pontedilla's Wells, maybe check if it's been updated. But there was. It could be. It, I would have loved a school like this. Uh, so, yeah, you write it down. It'll be. It, don't worry. We can rewatch it again. I'm going to bring up the link quickly again because if anyone's interested in the work that's that we're showing or is interested about the practice, you can check out Collado Collins and drop them a message as well. I'm sure that time to time with the projects, you you are looking for people to join as well. So thanks, Angus, for sharing that. And everyone should check out the website. That probably brings me on to the next question, which I'd love to ask you guys on, like, in terms of the team. So I can see the team dynamic. I can see a bit of fun banter as well. You've got awesome projects, which is great. And I love the different sectors. But in terms of the kind of person that works really well on, on the team, and uh, maybe Dominic, I could throw this to you quickly. But what kind? Because of, what kind of people do you think really fit in at Colado Collins in terms of personality or ambition? The, the, the strange thing is, Stephen, that the, the people that really fit in are people that get on well with other people. Yeah. Uh, in a business, in a practice of our size, there, there's nowhere to hide. You can't you can't go sort of strutting around with your chest out like a like a posh turkey and, and annoying people because very yes. quickly you you find that you're not. No one wants to work with you anymore. Um, right. You know, we we cherish the fact that within that 35-odd people, we have a really diverse skill set. You know, so yeah. we have people that, you know, we've been introduced to through through you in the past, like like Alex, you know, very technically focused as a technician. Yeah. Um, and we, we've had people that are very kind of creatively focused um, and do everything in sort of sketch up and, and by hand. And between us as a team then we we balance those things out there are there are always some kind of core fundamentals we look for in people you know we work entirely in revit for example uh, and that is you know something that is increasingly the norm i know you know other cad platforms are available for bbc balance um but that's the one we have but it's you know you don't need to know it to learn it and we'll we'll teach the skills that are missing but the, the really important thing is is to fit in with the culture um, yeah. And it's a difficult one. You know, I, I hate to sit there and I do quite a lump, number of interviews to sit there and say, well, we have this culture. What, what is our culture? Uh, and perhaps, you know, the, the younger people in the room can speak about more, more than I can what that might be. But from my point of view, what I try and engender in, in the teams I work with and the people I work with is a sense of responsibility and, and autonomy so so that we're all heading in the same direction. We're all trying to achieve the same thing, which is to deliver really great work um, within normal working hours, wherever possible, um, which is kind of unusual for architects quite often. We, we try not to have a culture of late working and that's going pretty well generally. Um, right. And and to, to really enjoy what we're doing because that comes through in the end product. And a lot of that is about collaboration. I mean, you know, Carlotta has been working with me quite closely for a couple of years now through the Seven Oaks project. Um, Angus has been working on a couple of projects that I've set teams up on, but 
you know, he's he's more at that junior level, so he doesn't get to talk to the old fogies like me quite so much. There's there's a filter of someone like Carlotta between Angus and me. Um, but I think they would both agree, and if they don't agree, they're fired. Um, that we have uh, we have a, a real sense that we all know each other and we all trust each other and we can lean on each other. You know, and every now and again, someone will stumble. You know, things get stressful, um, things yeah. don't work out at home, people are unwell. Uh, so then we all kind of step in to make sure that that person, even if it takes months, can can find a way back to, to being the kind of happy, confident, productive architect that we we cherish in the practice. Very good. Very good. That's really useful. And I always think it's it's best to hear that from the architecture practice themselves. So I think that if anyone out there, it's like you said, it, just learning a little bit of Revit. You don't need to be the maestro before you you uh, try, but that appetite to learn it and that appetite on the projects. And uh, I think as well as we've had conversations in the past as well, um, haven't we, when, Dominic, when we've been looking and, and you know, uh, talking about people who are interested in different sectors or interested in um, elderly living and retirement mm -hmm. communities. And I'll just bring up this quick image here, but this is basically the, the manifesto, the book, the PDF, the well, it's a print, isn't it? It's not just a PDF. It's, it's, a, it's a print, it's a PDF, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the other side, sorry to interrupt. Am I allowed to interrupt? I feel Please like. go ahead. Yeah. You know, the, the other side to, to us as a practice is that we don't want to just do architecture. You know, we're thinkers, we we care, we have a kind of social responsibility as architects to bring forward something that, that works for the wider world. So between both the, the residential guide you've got on screen here at the moment, which is, you know, was an internal document about capturing all the best things about making a good building, not just in terms of good design, but in terms of efficiencies. Um, that was really directed towards, you know, the more we can make a building efficient and work for our admittedly commercial developer clients, the more capacity they will have to offer affordable housing as a proportion of their the viability of the project. So the more viable we make it, the more affordable housing they can give, reluctantly sometimes and through gritted teeth. Um, but that is then down to the, the way it's assessed. And then the yellow book, the, the Just Living book, was really a reaction to working in this sector where mm. we wanted to understand the journey of, of an older person from living in a family home like, you know, like I do now, I've got my three kids around. At some point, they're going to be hopefully grown up enough to fly the nest. And I'll be left with this big, crumbling, empty pile of a house. Um, and I won't want to live here anymore. So where do I go then? You know, what what happens to me? And I want somewhere to look forward to living. And I want to make that move positive. So this book was really a kind of reaction to a lot of the people that came to us as potential clients and said, wow, there's a great opportunity in this, this sector for older people. You know, there's a lot of money to be made. So how do we make the money? And it's like, well you're going to start an operational business here. You make the money by getting the product right. And to get the product right, you have to understand the customer. So we spent, you know, the first third of the book is is interviews and, and learning about the reality for older people. We visited a huge number of developments. You know, we talked to a huge number. We interviewed staff's parents and, and other older people that we knew just to bring that together with them with the commercial understanding um, to, to put this book together, which has been really well received. It probably needs a refresh now with, you know, some of the new experiences we've had. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, we like to think about what we're doing and, you know, support an environment and a culture where if someone wants to think about that, 
then they can produce something out of that thought that we can share with the wider world because it makes us richer. Excellent. Well, I'm quite excited for it. And I think we've actually given a nice overview. And I think the point is, if people are curious at this point to look into Collado Collins' work, you can check out the website, but you can also reach out to you guys as well. It's probably the last call in the audience. If anyone wants to ask a question for Collado Collins, if I don't get a question in the next one or two minutes, we can we can just organically let the conversation unfold and close the podcast. But I do like to say that it's not just a one-sided conversation. I think it's been a bit dynamic, but it'd be unfair if I didn't say to you guys, is there any questions you have to me, maybe in the wider architecture sphere? You know, I'm involved at Reba and I'm, I build the architecture social. Is there any questions you want to ask me? It's easier if you don't, but I'm more than happy if you do. I mean, it's always interesting to hear, you know, I know you, you sort of started out on your own, Steve, and, and uh, I'm making the architecture social thing really work. And when we spoke, you know, on the phone a couple of days ago, you say, you know, there are people out there looking for, for yeah. unicorns almost, you know. Um, but it, it's always interesting to hear, you know, what, I guess, what other practices are looking for, what other practices are, are driving for, um, and how you then kind of balance and offer people up to places in a way that creates a good fit. I mean, what's your process like? Yeah, good question. I think that there's a lot of architectural practices looking in general right now. There's a lot of work there. And I think that practices like yourself, which have made the, you know, the right decisions, protected their staff, there's actually lots and lots of work. And I think it, more than a time ever, I think for my advice for architecture practices is that we should be talking about company culture. We should be talking about moving to employee-owned practices. And I think people really want to know what it's like to work at the place, what projects they can get involved in, what they can get their teeth into. But as well as that, also having human conversations about flexibility. And flexibility to me is not about um, can I do the minimum? It's more about conversations now of I have two children. Is it okay if I start earlier and finish a bit later. And I think that architecture practices, which are flexible um, and and in, in, they, in return, they actually get almost more out of their staff, but they really help that person who has constraints in their personal life do the best in their professional life. So I think to answer your question and bring it back, it's more about appealing to people at positions where they are in their career. And I think that I see recruitment changing. I don't see in the longer term. I see it more about this, these conversations. Uh, I don't really see my role endangered, but I, what I'm noticing is that the roles I work on, Dominic, are more specific. So it would be looking for a particular sector in an individual or looking for someone that can has a particular niche. So some of the roles I will take on at the moment are BIM consultants or strategic roles, or one of the practices I'm working with is they're setting up the London office. So it's a very clear role and I'm trying to move away from conventional roles where, part, for instance, part twos, I mean, I know I've worked on roles with you like that in the past, but I imagine now you've getting the more and more competitions that you're doing and the more and more the, the work gets out there and the words of, of your of your manifestos, your books, then those roles, hopefully you won't need that support anymore because the word gets out. And I think 
that's the way I see things going. And mm. it's more important than ever to talk about company culture, get it on the website. Websites are basically an online business card, but also talk about companies' values. So that's why I appreciate you all talking about what you do and how you support your staff and how you s saved Angus from getting too many gray hairs during part three. It's more gray eyebrows, actually. I'll get gray eyebrows. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I get, I'm get, I'm getting like the 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 grey wings coming, but it it comes to us all. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting time. Thank you so much for being on the live stream. I know it sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but we've had a bit of fun. And probably the last thing to bring up is I've got the website here. But how can everyone get in touch with you, Dominic? What's the best way someone can reach out to yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to Carlotta, who is our social media champion in the office. <laughs> yeah, I think if you get through to us on either LinkedIn or Instagram, which you are Colorado Great. Collins Architects, um, and if not, obviously through the website and an email, then yeah, we'll happily be in touch. Love to Brilliant. hear from you. Brilliant. All right, the social media maestro, get in touch with Carlotta. Thank you, everyone, for being on here. So appreciate you joining us, Angus, Carlotta, and Dominic. I'm going to end the live stream. Just stay on the line. And thank you for joining us and tune in on your lunch break. I really appreciate it. And stay in touch for more content coming next week, Wednesday. Thank you, everyone. And stay on the line, guys. And we'll see you all soon. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye.